Zone Sports Network is taking you to the movies. This is the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and the Zone Sports Network. Happy Easter week, everybody. Welcome back to the Movie Zone. We're here every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday, unless uh, we get preempted by something more important. Well, yeah, we usually get bumped during this time. <laughs> well, there's a lot going on. Jazz towards the playoffs, NCAA tournament Man, towards I the know. Final Four. I know. You, you've got uh, the Bees starting up here in a couple weeks. If only something in sports was happening. Uh, not a couple weeks, next week, actually. I know. It's it's really it's really quick. A week from today, well, wait, in the fact. Bees? The Bees? Yeah. No, it's May 6th. Oh, I, well, tickets go on sale a week from today. Yes, That's tickets. What yes, is, yes. Yeah. Uh, but we're, we're right there in the thick of things. Everyone's getting vaccinated. How did it turn into April so fast? I'm glad it turned into April. I, so I'm, look at man, it's so nice today. It's beautiful, and uh, it, it's, it's, I'm just done with everything that gets us further away from 2020. I'm, do, I'm It's a good thing. You know, I, I was looking out the window earlier this morning and looking at how nice it was, and I, I turned to Amber and I said, "You know what sucks about getting into summer? It's getting closer to winter." <laughs> You'll be Gordon Monson. <laughs> You're Gordon Monsender. <laughs> I did. You know, this would be great if it didn't end up turning into winter sometime. Like Eeyore, man. Yeah, it's Eeyore, Eeyore. Yeah. I guess it's going to be winter again. <laughs> you can like it if you want, but it's going to end soon. <laughs> uh, he's Johnny Lightfoot. I'm Austin Horton, and uh, we're excited to be back and, and talking with you this week. Coming up in segment three from the archives, going with one of the most kick-ass biblical movies of all time. Can you say that in the same sentence, those two words? You can in this regard, in, okay. the, in, this, in this case. Because it's a monster movie. Have you seen the movie? I have. Okay. Because it, it is, it's cinematic uh, brilliance from the 50s that yeah. holds up still today, 70 Some years later. Some of the stuff and, and uh, special effects, and we'll get into this, that they did are still used today. Yep, absolutely. They changed things. So we'll talk about that. And it has a kind of Easter time uh, uh, tie into it. Oh, I see what you did there. Segment two, we got a profile that yeah. goes along with From the Archives. We yeah. got poll question of the week and soundtrack of the week slash that, music lesson. That ties into Easter as well. But we start off each and every week with the first segment, tell you about the new movies, give you a review of a movie we saw, and start right here with the Movie Zone Movie Showdown. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Austin Horton. Johnny is at Johnny Lightfoot one J-O-N-N-I. Yeah. On Johnny. Did you see my uh, my meme from today? No. People have pronounced my name so wrong for so many years that I'm not even sure I'm saying it right. So perhaps it's Joni. Perhaps it's Joni. Yanni. I don't know anymore. Yoni. You tell me. It's it's a soft J, like yogging. It's, yeah. it's like pterodactyl. <laughs> uh, speaking of. Right? I was so disappointed in myself. Why? What'd you do? Because when, when the plane thing happened and those pictures <laughs> came out. I heard about this. I was like, oh, this is going to be a genius joke to make. And I, I was like, oh, looks like the jazz charter hit a pterodactyl. And then 9,000 other people made the same joke, and I'm, I yeah, should be better than that. You were the first. I, I might have been. Everyone was copying you. I might have been, yeah. but it doesn't, it doesn't make me feel better. You eddied lizard it. <laughs> okay, I mean, lizard, Eddie, sorry. Izzard, not lizard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but anyway, uh, showdown this week, being it uh, is Easter week, I uh, went with a bunny rabbit theme. I saw that. I like bunny rabbits. Did you ever see the movie Hop? I did, yes. James Marsden. Yes. And the Easter Bunny. Yes. So, so bad. Yeah. My two-year-old thinks it's great. Yeah. I don't know what's worse, that or the uh, Peter Rabbit stuff. 
Oh, the the hop's worse, way worse than Peter Rabbit. Yeah, Peter Rabbit is terrible. Oh yeah, but Hop is abhorrible, <laughs> which is abhorrent in Austin language. They should have made him a hip hop dancer and named him Hip. Hibbity Hop. Yeah, see what I did. And then there? play Sugar Hill Gang. Yes, I said a hip. Uh, Hip, hop, I'm a bunny rabbit. Uh, But anyway, I didn't go with that one because it's atrocious. Instead, (laughs) I went with some generational, and that's Larry Tessoni, our guy from Megaplex. He responded to this and said, these answers are totally generational. Oh, 100%. You chose something where it's like from the 1940s. (laughs) No. And then something that was like two years ago. Late 80s, early 90s. Oh, was it that far back? Versus maybe the best animated movie of all time. Really? Not animated movie. Animated movie. Wait, what's the difference? Well, one focuses on the animation. The other focuses on the movie. Okay. And Zootopia is one of the best animated movies of all time. But not animated. But not animated. So you're saying like Looney Tunes (laughs) is animated. Looney Tunes would be an animated movie. Okay, but not an animated movie. Moana would be an animated movie. Man, you lost me. <laughs> I'm so gone. <laughs> All right, well, here, here are the choices and the results this week. Which movie is better, Who Framed Roger Rabbit or Zootopia, as mentioned? Ooh, th- those are tough, but can I throw mine in? Yeah. I'm going to throw mine in. For the simple fact I'm gonna that- I'm going to guess you're going Roger Rabbit. No. Wow. I was going to say, for the simple fact that even Disney doesn't like it because they got rid of all of Toontown. They did not. Okay, they should have. Toontown is gone? I thought they did, but maybe they didn't. Don't break my heart. No, they did. I love that Roger Rabbit ride in Toontown. Did they get... All right, now we got Google live on air. They did. Did Disneyland get rid of Toon? I thought... I heard they had gotten rid of it to put Star Wars Land in. Oh, uh, the green hills behind Toontown at Disneyland have been removed to make way for the park's new attraction, Star Mickey Wars. and Minnie's Runaway yes. Railway. Yep, yep. <laughs> but Disneyland's Toontown is still home to Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin, as well as the actual homes of beloved characters like Donald Duck. Is he beloved? <laughs> I guess that's a yes. Uh, all right, so the results are in. 313 votes. 63% of the vote went with you and Zootopia. Yeah, yeah. Um, Easily 25% for Roger Rabbit and 12% for, I don't know, just show me the results. I want to know how many of those votes for Roger Rabbit were really for Jessica Rabbit. Don't do that. Don't do that. How did Roger get Jessica? Because I don't know about about all that. But Bob (laughs) Hoskins is brilliant in the Roger Rabbit. Does he play Jessica? No, he doesn't play (laughs) Jessica. Sorry. Uh, We went way down a rabbit hole. So Ah, many thoughts. ah. Don't do that. Now you've Gordon Monson'd this show. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Uh, All right. Uh, So there's the results. Zootopia, the better of the bunny movies between that and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah, yeah. Roger Rabbit's definitely a generational thing. I mean, when I was growing up, it was cool. It was awesome. And that ride is awesome where everything's spinning around and you're spinning around at Disneyland. Um, Everything I was saying, yeah, I'm just being radio funny with it. I actually do enjoy that movie, though. You know, I I never saw Who Framed Roger Roger Rabbit until I was married. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it, it just had never happened. I had never. You seen being that. the Disney guy, I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, it was. It's a little more adult Disney. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And my parents weren't adult Disney people. No. Okay, I can see that. I can see. I mean, referring to the other rabbit in that movie, I can see why it would be more adult oriented. The other rabbit, oh, Jessica, yeah. <laughs> the 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 uh, better half of the two. Yeah. Okay, don't. All right, we're done. We're, we're moving <laughs> on. All right, uh, we have seven 
count them, seven new movies opening this week. One of them opened already last night. Uh, and uh, Johnny went inside. You bet I did. I was excited. Godzilla versus Kong. Now, yeah. I heard you trying to herd the cats on Hanson and Scotty yesterday afternoon before you saw the movie, trying to explain to them the timelines. And Oh, man. Look, this is more confusing than Harry Potter, Star Wars, and Lord of the Rings combined. Trying to explain which version of Godzilla and King Kong to Hans was like trying to talk to Smee. <laughs> on, on hook on hook from peter pan yes uh well i'm with him yeah i, I don't know is this this is not the jack black no nope. adrian brody kong nope and it's not the matthew broderick godzillas either it's from kong skull island kong skull island with skarsgård right yeah okay all right, and right. two godzilla movies the godzilla no i take that back one godzilla king of the monsters okay that's where they're from so not King Kong. Nope. And not whatever the other... Godzilla. Godzilla. No, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. All right. Uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Was it good or not? And I've never seen it, obviously. It was great because I took my son and he loved it. And how old is your son? He is now 12. Okay. That being said, did you and he both take in Godzilla v. Kong? Yes, we both watched it last night. All right. Uh, And? Next. Moving right along. No, you know, look, it. it uh, I went to the movie theater last night and watched it in the theater. And uh, this morning when we woke up, I was doing some chores around the house and I threw it on 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 uh, HBO. And uh, last night, your daddy warbucks. I know <laughs> all, I that, was, all that air supply money. Yeah, that's it, baby. <laughs> well, I was watching it last night and and like the opening scene, like as soon as it opened up, I'm just like. Oh, no. <laughs> right? Like, oh, boy, well, look, here we I, go. I watched the trailer and thought, okay, if I were between 11, 10 and 13, this would be amazing. Look, a trailer can make Schindler's List look like a rom-com. <laughs> okay? But I looked at it and thought, if I was between 10 and 13, this yeah. would be cool. But I'm not, and it isn't. So, yeah, it was a good movie. It was entertaining. I'll give it that. There's a lot of big CGI fight scenes and, and stuff of happening. Of course. But, uh, you mean they didn't get the real Godzilla and King Kong to, to do this movie? They weren't available. <laughs> they had other bookings. They huh? had other bookings. Yeah. But uh, the second time this morning when it was on, and I would just catch parts of it, it was great. Stop it. Yeah, it was fun. But right. the first time I saw it, like the opening scene, and I'm not giving anything away, but there's a scene where Kong wakes up. This is the opening scene. He wakes up on Skull Island, and he's walking through the river, and he scratches his butt. And I'm like, okay, here we go. This is what this movie's <laughs> going to be like. You know, like when you wake up in the morning, and there's like the dad beat, you know, yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. and he's like, arr, arr, yeah. go, let me scratch this. That's what Kong was doing. I'm like, that just set the tone for me. I always go blue on the corner of the wall. And yeah, I do. My back. So do I. Yeah, I yeah, do that too, yeah. and I get called blue. Uh, well, here it is. Legends collide as Godzilla and Kong, the two most powerful forces of nature, sure, clash on the big screen in a spectacular battle for the ages until the next movie. As a squadron embarks on a perilous mission into fantastic, uncharted terrain, unearthing clues to the Titans' very origins and mankind's survival. A conspiracy threatens to wipe the creatures, both good and bad, from the face of the earth forever. Mm-hmm. Rated PG-13, starring Alexander Skarsgård, Millie Bobby Brown, and Rebecca Hall. It's in theaters now. If you want to turn off your brain, eat some popcorn, and watch CGI monsters battle it out, this is your, your movie. So, you remember the Twilight series? I sadly do. 
Team Jacob, Team Edward. Yes. It's now Team Kong, Team Godzilla. I'm Team Kong. Are you Team Kong? Team Kong all the okay. way. Okay. All right. Godzilla, get out of here with that really? nonsense. He shoots fire out his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of here. That's so cool. Kong has Kong has some feelings, some some human like uh, attributes. Kong climbed uh, Empire State Building. Yeah, and he's and he's got that connection with the he's one got the lady. connection with the the woman. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. So, I see what you're saying. I like Kong. Okay. All right. So you, right along. you suggest this movie to nobody. I suggest this movie if you have two hours to kill or you have young ones that want to see some action and you need a nap. It would be a perfect $5 Tuesday at Megaplex. It would be absolutely. But, you know, it's like I said, it's great if you need a nap. Now, on Easter week, this next uh, movie it, it fits right in with the, the yeah. theme of Easter. Yes. Yeah, called The Unholy, <laughs> a PG-13 horror. When did horror movies become PG-13? Aren't those usually like... Rated R? They should be rated never made. Right. All right. Well, starring Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Gary Yeath. Carrie Elwes. I know. I like calling him Gary Yeath. From Princess Bride. Gary (laughs) Yeath. And uh, William Sattler Sander. (laughs) No, William Sandler. Sadler. Right. That's what I said. Sadler. (laughs) Tell us about this stupid movie. All right. The Unholy. A hearing impaired girl is visited by the Virgin Mary and can suddenly hear, speak, <laughs> and heal the sick. Uh-huh. As people flock to witness her miracles, terrifying events unfold, hmm. of course. Are they the work of the Virgin Mary or something much more sinister? Wow. We have scraped past the bottom of the barrel here. I, w- I want to pay attention to that last line. <laughs> Are they the work of Virgin Mary or something more sinister? Much more sinister. So are they saying Virgin Mary's sinister? She's sinister, <laughs> but is there something more sinister that yeah. she's up that, that that's up to something? The Holy more Ghost. Than, no, get out. All right, now we've crossed the lines. Uh, Carrie Elwes ought to be ashamed of himself. Same with Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Whoever that is. So he was in The Walking Dead. He was. Uh, oh in, no, this is his movie then. He was The Walking Dead's. Terrible too. He was Bruce Wayne's dad in Batman versus Superman. He was in uh, <laughs> Rampage. Done. Oh, okay. So he's made a career out of yeah. really bad movies. Yeah, exactly. I got him. All right. So if you're feeling the Holy Spirit, go see the Unholy. This of, <laughs> on on Holy Week. On Holy Week. Terrible. The girl who believes in miracles goes completely the other way. Right. So we had the unholy horror film. The Sinister Virgin Mary, right? Now we have the -the over-the-top faith-based drama family rated PG feel-good movie. All right. Starring Mira Sorvino, Peter Coyote, and Kevin Sorbo. Peter Coyote. Is that Coyote? I don't know. (laughs) Uh, Unlike most people, young Sarah Hopkins is willing to take God at his word. So when she hears a preacher say faith can move mountains, she starts praying. What begins with a mysteriously healed bird leads to people suddenly cured of their misery and misfortune all over town. Is it the work of the Virgin Mary or something much more sinister? (laughs) What? I'm just kidding. You get where this is going. Will her family be able to save their miracle girl before it's too late? The girl who believes in miracles. No. And why do they have to say God at his faith? Uh, His word? His word, I mean. Uh, because I, she's reading the Bible and believing 
that it's God's word and that he'll stick to his word. You know, I was once kicked out of a Barnes and Noble for taking all the Bibles and moving them to the fiction section. <laughs> that, that, that sounds like a true story. That's a true story. That I just sounds made like up. nonfiction. A true story. I just made up. <laughs> all right. Tell us now this next movie. <laughs> Sorry. This next movie, uh, it's getting some really good critical reviews. This next movie could, uh, could be one of the best ones on the list. It's called French Exit. It's a rated R comedy drama starring Michelle Pfeiffer, Lucas Hedges, and Imogene Potts. Mm. An aging Manhattan socialite living on what's barely left of her inheritance moves to a small apartment in Paris with her son and cat. Now, that does not sound like a very good uh, description. <laughs> That whoever whoever was in charge of writing the synopsis of that movie totally forgot that was due that day and went, oh oh yeah, I've got it right here. Uh, she moves to an apartment with her cat. Okay, Austin, you're you're the I'm your editor. To be continued. I'm your editor, and uh -huh. you just brought me this. T tell me you're, tell me what you the synopsis you just brought me. I'm your uh, editor. An aging Manhattan socialite living on what's barely left of her inheritance moves to a small apartment in Paris with her son and cat. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant! Print, print that now. Uh, Larry did mention a few weeks ago about French Exit that Michelle Pfeiffer's great in yeah, this movie. Don't don't pay attention to us being a. Uh Smart people here, you know, being funny. It's probably a really good movie. It's just the synopsis is horrible. Let's normalize, by the way, the combination of comedy and drama into the word dramedy. Dramedy's perfect. Yeah, let's just normalize that. Just like rom-com. Rom-com. Dramedy. Dramedy. Uh, drawer, which is drama horror. Carer, right. which is comedy horror. Yeah. Horror. Like yeah. All right. Every breath you take. No, not the police slash sting stalker no? okay. anthem. Uh, rated R drama thriller or driller <laughs> or thrama. <laughs> Starring Michelle Monaghan, Sam Claflin, and Casey Affleck. The better of the two Afflecks. We'll get to him in a moment. They sell great insurance, too. <laughs> Affleck. <laughs> a psychiatrist whose client commits suicide. Well, that took a turn. Yep. Finds his family life disrupted after introducing her surviving brother to his wife and daughter. Clearly, the psychiatrist is not a very good one. <laughs> <laughs> not funny. I'm not laughing at you. I just saw something funny out the window. Uh -huh, yeah, okay. Uh, this, uh, this, this is going to be a five out of ten. I can, t I can tell right now. You think so? It'll be all right. It, yeah, we're, we're making light of some of these because they, they they seem a little serious, uh, uh, silly. These synopsises, but they are going to be some good movies. This there. is a this is a uh, I don't I don't mean to go get it at Redbox, but it's kind of got a Redbox movie feel. Sure. Sure. You can gamble on something like this. Yeah, it's and, and that, that's exactly what you mean. It's not one of those you look at and go, hard pass. Yeah. It's like, eh, maybe I can see this. It's also not one you are first in line to see. Correct. Now, speaking of Casey Affleck, our poll question this week, at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot 1, at Zone Sports Net, coming up in segment two in a moment, we'll get your responses to the question, who are your favorite sibling actors in Hollywood, current or past? Ooh. So... That's pretty good. Get on Twitter. Get your answers in. We got one more movie to talk about, though. We're going to talk about The Lumineers, live from the artist's den. This is a PG-13 music documentary or, Austin? Uh, music entry. There you go. Starring The Lumineers. Ah.
American superstars and luminaires return to their former neighborhood of Brooklyn for an unforgettable taping of Live from the Artist Den at the Majestic Majestic Kings Theater. The band performed an 18-song set. Wow, that's huge! Mm. For ticket winners and guests split evenly between songs from their Grammy-nominated 2012 debut and the number one charting follow-up, Cleopatra. Uh, they, uh, yeah, you know. So they, it's a concert. It's a concert documentary. Thing. Uh, the, the the theater was built in 1929 and recently restored to its in, initial glory, providing a breakthrough setting, a breathtaking setting for a night full of great moments. You know. Do you like the Luminaries? I like a song of theirs. Ho hey. Yeah. Mm. I uh, I bought the record because of that, and I got to be honest, I listened to that song and I haven't touched it since. I cannot stand the Luminaries. Really. Them and Mumford and Sons. They're kind of interchangeable. They're the same, same thing. And it's just like, look, we've got a washboard player and a jug player and and we're folklore and we wear overalls (laughs) and we're hipsters. Make some good music and get back to me. Yeah, I mean, Hey hey Ho's good or Ho Hey. No, it's not. What is it called? It's the title is Ho Hey, but it's goes, Hey Ho. Ho. Isn't that what they do at all? Hey, ho. Yeah, not the the glitter guy. No, Gary Glitter. No, this is a... Uh, he didn't do hey ho. Never no, mind. No, no, no. Uh, by the way, don't need to bring him up ever again. He's a <laughs> terrible person. But I'm not a fan of the Luminaires. But if you are a fan of the Luminaires, then don't listen to us and go see this movie. <laughs> yeah, go see this movie. If this is your, if the Luminaires are your favorite band, you can't not go see their concert documentary in theaters. If the Luminaires are your favorite band, you need to start life over. <laughs> But <laughs> keep listening, please. I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> All right. So there you go. The Luminaires live from the artist den. Every breath you take. French exit. The girl who believes in miracles. The unholy. And Godzilla versus Kong. There's something for everyone and nothing for anybody. It's a week of not number ones. <laughs> <laughs> but it, we're getting back to normal life. Go see the movies and just enjoy checking out for a couple hours and whether you like the movie or not, you'll enjoy your, your experience at Megaplex. You know, the Godzilla Kong is actually pretty typical of a normal year, like a normal non-COVID year, right? The beginning of summer, some movies come out that look great but aren't that great but end up being fun. That's kind of what that is. So that's a good sign that we're going to have great movies the rest of this summer. Yep, absolutely. In fact, maybe later we should pull up some of the movies coming up Let's do it. this summer and just to kind of wash the taste out of our mouths about the unholy, the girl who believes in miracles, and Godzilla. Kong. I just want to find something more sinister than Virgin Mary. <laughs> well, I'll show you something in the break. <laughs> While we do that, you can get on Twitter at Austin Horton, at Johnny Lightfoot One, at Zone Sports Net, because coming up next, we've got a soundtrack of the week. We've got our uh, actor profile, and of course, your poll question responses. Who are your favorite sibling actors in Hollywood, current or past? We'll get to that and more next here on the Movie Zone. You're locked on to the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to the Movie Zone. Johnny Lightfoot, Austin Horton behind the glass. Hi. Hi. I am behind glass for a few more weeks. Yeah? I, uh, I'll be allowed to get my vaccine in the first part of May. I have both of mine, and I am feeling like Superman. Well, what? Uh, speaking of feeling like Superman, I like this song. Not bad, right? We are talking about Striper, which is, uh, this is the song Calling On You off their probably biggest album, To Hell With The Devil. I like that. They are a Christian rock band, uh, well, basically let's call them Christian metal, from Orange County, California, with, of course, the 
Sweet vocals of Michael Sweet, his brother Robert Sweet on drums, Oz Fox on guitar, and in this version of Striper, it's Timothy Gaines on bass, who I did a show with, who uh, he was playing with Richard Marks, of all people. Wait, 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 wait. Sure. You've done a show with Richard Marks? Yeah. O-M-F-E-N-G. Yeah. Pretty cool, right? One of the greatest songwriters oh, of all time. Yeah, of course. Of course he is. You know, I put my daughter to sleep every night with a Richard Marks song. That doesn't say much about his music. <laughs> well, that, no, it's a, it's a lullaby. It's called Angel's Lullaby. No, I know, I know. He He's actually such a great songwriter. Endless Summer Nights. Oh, are you kidding you me? You can't go wrong with Richard Marks. And it's more than just right here waiting for you. That's actually one of, that's a beautiful song. But Yes, it's not one of his best. That's what made him the most money. Right. But that's not his best song. I that's totally. so cool. And is Timothy Gaines related to Sinister Gaines of Avenged Sevenfold? I do not think so. Okay. All right. I do not think Just so. Just checking. Okay. So tell us more about Striper. <laughs> well, Striper began in 1983 as the band Rock's Regime. Uh, the band soon changed their musical message to reflect their Christian beliefs, and the band's name was also then changed to Striper. They went on to become the first overly Christian metal, heavy metal band to gain acceptance in the mainstream. Okay, what so... What does that mean? So that means that they their, their songs are about... God, religion, and they were one of the first heavy metal bands ah. to become into mainstream. Now, uh, they signed in 1983 to Enigma Records and released their debut album, Yellow and Black Attack, but they enjoyed their most successful period uh, during the release of the song that we just played from To Hell with the Devil, which reached platinum status. Striper went on to release two more gold albums before disbanding in 1993 and in 2003. Striper did come out of retirement for a reunion tour and has re- signed a multi-album contract, uh, was in 2005. In 2013, they signed another multi-album deal with Frontier Records, which I'm on, by the way, with a couple, couple other bands. That's cool. And they have more stuff coming out. And yes, Striper is going back out on tour this summer when things open back up. Now, the name, the origin of the name it's Striper. from the Gremlins. Close. Oh. <laughs> The name Striper derives from the King James Version of the Bible, and I quote, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised by our iniqui- uh, inadequacies. The chat, uh, I see, I can't read this Bible stuff. <laughs> basically. But, but he has his, our, our stripes on his back or something like that. Basically, it? his uh, with his stripes, we are healed. That's what it is. Yeah. Okay. But Striper is spelled with a Y. Correct. It is. Why? Because uh, it's like how the Beatles are spelled. Beatles are actually spelled beatless because it's cooler. <laughs> They're not going <laughs> Striper has not been uh, free of controversy, though. Many Christian critics did not approve of the group's association with heavy metal because oh, it's often associated with satanic imagery. Uh, what are we, living in Footloose? I know. Get out of here with that nonsense. Uh, the, my, my favorite part about this is Striper has sold over 10 million records worldwide, and it is estimated that two-thirds of their albums were bought by non-Christians. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, it's like uh, it's like uh, Lifehouse. Right. I mean, they're not metal, but Lifehouse is a Christian band. Right. But no one really thinks of it no. that they're a pop band. They just like their songs. Yeah, and Striper was just a rock band. They made Christian rock cool they did. in the 80s. They did. Now, Striper has won Reader's Choice Awards for Best Christian Gospel Artists, and a Kim jo- and Kim Jones from About.com states, with 44% of the vote, hard rock legend Striper beat out all of their other competition to be named the best Christian hard rock band, uh, bringing in the mind of old, the, bringing in the mind of old adage, like a fine wine, some things just get better 
with age. Uh-huh. Well, they're in the hall, uh, Hair Hall of Fame, for of sure. They are. Oh, man. And uh, Ted Cruz is the lead singer. <laughs> Or at least his long lost twin. Oh, I know Looks you saw Looks just it. like Ted Cruz. I know, I saw that. You put a mullet, uh, flock of seagulls, uh, hairstyle on Ted Cruz, and boom, he's the lead singer of Striper. Oh, you got that reminds me. So uh, yesterday on the Hands of Scotty show, Scotty was talking about if he could, if he had full hair, hair yeah. he would rock the flock of seagulls look. He would not. So I made a picture. No, you didn't. I did. Did you tweet it? I haven't yet, but I may give it to you, and you can tweet it. Why don't you tweet it, chicken? Yep. <laughs> You've been here longer. <laughs> Lloyd will do it. Yeah. yeah, I sent it to him too. <laughs> All right, uh, so there you go. Uh, Striper, our band of the of the week, week, our soundtrack of the week, our lesson in music history. We're going with a little bit of a religious theme because it's Easter week. I know. I'm still waiting for that lightning to come through the window. <laughs> By the way, speaking of uh, lightning through the window, let's talk about the Affleck brothers. Okay, let's do it. And that's not, but that's why our poll question of the week is what it is. Casey Affleck is in a new movie uh, out this week. Uh, I've already forgotten the name of it. Uh, let's see. Every Breath You Take. Right. Uh, starring uh, Michelle Monaghan, Sam Claflin, and Casey Affleck. I like Sam Claflin, by the way. You do? Did you ever see The Hunger Games? Of course. He's, oh, what's his name? He's the big meathead athlete guy, blonde hair. Uh, or uh, Adrift. Oh, right, 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 right. Or well, um, he's in a movie with Amelia Clark where he's bound, he's wheelchair bound, and it's a rom-com. Yes, he's in the first Hunger Games. He dies yes. in the first Hunger Games. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> you should have seen it by now. <laughs> uh, but I like him. But anyway, with Casey Affleck in the, th- in the theaters this week, you said in the segment one, he's the better of the two. He's the better of the two by far. I agree, but that, that doesn't mean I think he's all terrific like no. he, he was in uh, manchester by the sea yeah the reason he was in manchester by the sea is he played himself sure <laughs> i mean that that's not really acting is it well i think a good a- well i don't the know story was him a good actor could you know just plays himself look yeah. at um well i mean everybody arnold schwarzenegger just plays himself <laughs> he does not. every movie <laughs> Uh, but anyway, that being said, our favorite uh, siblings in Hollywood, past or present, uh, or current or past, whatever, on Twitter, at Austin Horton, at John Lightfoot, one at Zone Sportsnet, Jeff comes in with the Wayans brothers mm. and Wahlberg brothers. Are more than one Wahlberg in the movies? Donnie kind of got uh, into yeah, it. Yeah, okay. Uh, because of New Kids on the Block. The Wahlburgers, that TV show? That show, yeah, and he okay. married Jenny McCarthy. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Mark Wahlberg's definitely more. Oh, he's he's the star by far. Yeah. Uh, Jeff also says uh, Luke and Owen Wilson and Chris and Liam Hemsworth. Okay. Add them on there. So he's got four. That's good. Uh, Cameron says James and David Franco. Oh, yeah. Name me a David Franco movie. Uh, the, uh, oh, catch Me If You Can. No. No. Uh, no. The, uh, now You See Me. That one. That one. Name me another David Franco movie. Now You See Me Too. Dang <laughs> okay, it. You got me. Jake says uh, Joan and John Cusack. Yes, there you go. Good choice. Uh, Charlie Sheen slash Amelia Estevez. Yes. Even though I know they're brothers, I don't see them as brothers. I, I wish that Martin had- Emilio! I wish Sorry. that Martin had kept Estevez. That yeah. His name. Yeah, anyway, Estevez is cooler than Sheen. Sure. Uh, the Hemsworth brothers, Jake and Maggie Gyllenhaal. Ooh. Good then choice. maybe Luke and Owen Wilson. Jeremy says, not actors, but give me the Cohen brothers. Okay. Two of the best filmmakers of our time. Absolutely agree with that. Did you see The Ballad of Buster Scruggs? I've seen everything the Cohen brothers have done. Argo. The- yep. Uh, I almost said who framed Roger Rabbit, not that one. <laughs> Raising Arizona. That's their best. Oh, by far. 
We need to talk about that movie one day. That's maybe the best Nick Cage movie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That and Face Off. <laughs> and Con Air. Con- oh, <laughs> forgot about but that. But you can, you can take Nick Cage in Raising Arizona. I tell you, the, yeah. best, the best Nick Cage movie is the one that just came out where he doesn't say a word. Get out of here. The, the haunted Chuck E. Cheese movie? Yeah. What are the, the Willibergs? What is that? I don't even remember you now. You saw it. I know, and I we don't talked even, about it. I don't even we've, want to remember it. We've talked about it too long now. The Wonderland. No. Willie's. Willie's Wonderland. Yeah. That's it. Brian Priest, producer here at The Zone, until he sent this in, I'm going to see him fired for this tweet. Says the first siblings that come to mind are the Wilson brothers, and then he includes a gif of Matthew McConaughey. What? Doing all right, all right, all right. But that's, okay. The Wilson brothers aren't in that movie. And behind him is Scott Hanks, or Colin Hanks, rather. Tom's Tom's son. Yeah. There's no Wilson brothers in here. (laughs) So he's trying to be funny. Yeah, I get it. Steven Surprise says, I used to love the show Smart Guy as a kid. Yes. Those are the only sibling actors I can think of. The Maoris. Taj, Maori, Tia, and Taya? Sure. I I couldn't tell you. Did you ever see Smart Guy? Nope. It's on Disney Plus. I know. There's only three seasons. Yep. It's phenomenally funny. Really? Yeah. Okay. Omar Gooding, who's Cuba Gooding Jr.'s brother. Sure. Hilarious. Really? All right. Yep. yep. I'll give give it a shot. It's a dumb, 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 dumb Disney Channel show. Right. But it's really funny. Is it better than Hannah Montana? Yes. Okay, then I'll give it a shot. Yes, smart guy. Uh, Steven, good answer. Travis Allred goes with the Culkins, Macaulay, and uh, the other one. (laughs) What is the other one? Uh, I don't remember. I don't know. I'm but sure there's he was three robbed. of them, actually. I'm sure they were all three were robbed by their parents. Macaulay Culkin's the oldest. Yep. The kid that played Fuller on Home Alone is his brother. Kev- not Kevin McCulkin, but anyway. Oh, he is. That's yeah. right. And then their youngest sibling was in Signs with Mel Gibson and uh, Dakota I Fanning. thought he looked familiar. Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Travis already also sends in Clint Howard and yeah. Ron Howard. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Cameron says uh, the Affleck brothers. Yeah. Ben and uh, Casey. Yep. Crystal says the Cusacks, the Wilsons, the Arquettes. Ooh. Kind of forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, Hemsworths and Dennis and Randy Quaid. Boy, those two don't seem like brothers, do they? And one of them would prefer not to be the other's brother. Yeah. And then finally, Zach says, Jake and Maggie, Jill and Hall, for this reason and this reason only. And it's a meme of Batman and uh, Joker saying, my love interest in this movie is played by Maggie Gyllenhaal. Wow. Interesting. My last movie, my love interest was played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Interesting. Really? And that's, that's it. So I am shocked. Get it? Because... Heath Ledger and yes. Jake Gyllenhaal were I, in Brokeback Mountain. I, I, yes. Yeah. They were together. I love that movie, by I the way. I bet you do. It's a great movie. No, I've actually, I've not seen it all the way through. Really? Yeah. It's really, really well done. I know. Anyway. I know it's a great movie, but I am shocked, Austin, that uh, no one talked about the greatest sibling actors ever, Mary-Kate and Ashley. Mm-hmm. Well, because their younger sibling is now better than them. But still. What is her name? Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, she was in Wind River. She was in Wanda. She is Wanda. <laughs> she is Scarlet in the Marvel. Yeah. She is in Marvel. Hello. I think it's so funny that everyone's like, wait, she's their sister? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Younger, too. Looks just like him. Yeah, what do you mean? So anyway, uh, I would go with B- uh, uh, Bill Murray. Oh, yes. And Jake Murray. Mm-hmm. And Brian Doyle Murray. Brian Doyle Murray. Yeah. Yep. I would probably put Brian and, uh, and Bill 
closer together than the middle is brother. Is it Jake or John Murray? I can't remember. But the other one, have you seen Monsters University? Yes. He uh, plays Don Carlton, yes. sales consultant. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, and he's he's on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Anyway. Look, I, in all seriousness, though, I've got to go with John and Joan Cusack. I think they have just been okay. so good together. And I think Joan is a better actor than John, mm. but does not get the roles. It's just... It, <laughs> I'm with you. I think they're they're cute, brother sure. and sister. Do they have to be in every movie together? Yeah, I think it's in their contract. <laughs> it's, it's it gets so old. But Joan always plays the same kind of nerdy. Uh, she's never the leading woman. No, no, yeah. no. She never is, and that's that's her curse. She's always the runner-up. You know, yeah. she's always the never the main actress. Runaway Bride is one of her best. She's always the best friend. Yep, she's great. Uh, and John Cusack. Joan Cusack, yeah, maybe Joan's better than John. But oh, by, I think by far she is. But, but he's done better movies. He's done better movies yeah. and said, well, she was in uh, School of Rock. She was. She was great in School of Rock. Yep. And I guess there's a movie they weren't in together. Yeah, there's one. I'll bet he's in there somewhere. We just don't know. He's it. an extra. Uh, all right. Uh, now it's time for our actor profile of the week. Oh, yeah. Fire up uh, the orchestra. Because this week, uh, the, the From the Archives movie, we're going with The Ten Commandments. Oh boy, monster movie. Little little known and unknown facts about The Ten Commandments, the 1956 Yep, yep. Uh, epic yeah. starring... Which was not the first time it was done, by the way. It wasn't, it no. was a remake. Uh, yeah. The first one was a silent film. Though. Right, in the 20s. Yeah, but starring Charlton Heston, and so Johnny's going to teach us... A little about Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston, born John Charles Carter in Illinois, October 4th, 1923, died April 5th, 2008 in Beverly Hills, California, uh, was an American actor and political advocate. Yeah. Advocate? Yeah. Advocate. Activist. Activist. That one. Uh, an advocate. It's you combine advocate and activist. Yeah. Right. Advocate. Ad see, is what we're doing. A dramedy. Yeah. <laughs> As a Hollywood star, he appeared in almost 100 films wow. over 60 years. And in some of those films, he played Moses. He played Ben-Hur. He was in, boy, Planet of the Apes. Yes. The original. I mean, yeah. wow. Right? Omega Man. He was one of the biggest stars ever in Hollywood. That's right. And in the 1950s and 60s, he was one of a handful of Hollywood actors to speak openly against racism and was an active supporter of the civil rights movement. Cool. Uh, Heston was a five-term president of the NRA. Uh, from two, uh, from 1998 to 2003, after announcing he had Alzheimer's disease in 20, I'm sorry, 2002, he uh, retired from both acting and the NRA. Hmm. While attending Northwestern, he met a fellow drama student named Lydia Clark. And after a three-year stint in the U.S. Air Force, Charlton moved back with his wife to New York, uh, where the couple worked as models. They were married for 64 years and... Lydia passed away in 2018. Wow, she lived 10 years past his death? Yes. Wow. Now, uh, in the course of his 60-year acting career, we touched on a little bit here, but as we mentioned, 100 films, playing parts including Thomas Jefferson, Andrew Jackson, who was the seventh U.S. president, in case you didn't know that, <laughs> uh, Thomas Moore, John the Baptist, and Mark Anthony, twice. Charlton uh, is one of the true legendary figures in cinema history. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, yep. With just the roles, I mean, just Ben-Hur, ben the Ten Commandments, and the original Planet of the Apes. Yep, yep. I mean, hello. And coming up next in uh, From the Archives, we're going to give you a little known and unknown facts about my yearly Easter tradition, watching the Ten Commandments yep. 
in its entirety. It's long. It's very long. But it's epic. But by today's standards, it's not that long. <laughs> Maybe so, especially yeah. the Snyder Cut being out yeah. there. <sighs> we'll get to that uh, next right here as we wrap up The Movie Zone. You're locked on to the Movie Zone on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Final segment this week here on the Movie Zone. Soundtrack of the week, band of the week, Striper. The original and best ever metal Christian rock band. Everybody knows this one. Everyone has heard this song. Yeah. Honestly, come on. Yeah. Uh, but we're a little behind on time, so yes. let's give uh, from the archives little known and unknown facts about one of the greatest cinematic feats in history, The Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments, 1956, direct, directed by Cecil D. Milley. DeMille, yeah. Written by God. <laughs> That's not true. Oh, sorry. Because it's not even close to accurate, <laughs> right. according to the Bible. Uh, it was taken from several books, one of the <laughs> biggest ones being Dorothy Clark Wilson's Prince of Egypt. Yeah. Uh, starring top credited actors, Charlton Heston, Yul Brynner. Brenner. Brenner. Yule Br- I knew that. You know, real Yul Brenner. And Anne Beck Baxter has a runtime of three hours and 39 minutes. Now, in 1956, that was long. Well, it's very long now. Very, very yeah, long. Yeah. Had a budget of $13 million and had a total worldwide gross of $65.5 million in 1956. Adjusting now, for inflation, we're talking a billion-dollar movie. Yes, yes. In uh, 2016, that was $580 million wow. in that, that long ago. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, what did I say? Oh, so half a billion. Yes. Yeah. Wow. It uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives it 89% critics and 87% from the fans. That's a win-win. Yep. And awards in 1957, it won Academy Awards for Best Effects, Best Picture, Best Cinematography, Best Art Direction, and was nominated for three more that year. Now, as we mentioned, some of the effects are still used in today's movie making. They had never been done before. That's right. They, ground, they broke some ground for this. Now, originally... The theatrical trailer for this movie was 10 minutes. <laughs> so not only was the movie long, the trailer was long. It's a, the Bible's long, man. I don't right. know what to tell you. At least 14,000 extras and 15,000 animals were used in this movie. Real animals. Yes. Crazy. Wow. And Charlton Heston not only played Moses, but he supplied the voice of God. His son, Frazier, three months old at the time, played the baby Moses floating down the Nile in a basket. Yeah, the story of him being the the voice of God in the burning bush was a a secret until about 2003, 2002. And he finally fessed up and said, yeah, it's my voice. Cecil DeMille couldn't find anyone's voice that he liked better. So he said, you're going to be Moses and God. Right, exactly. Yeah. And from 1956 until 2004, this was the highest grossing religious epic in history. The only one that beat it out was The Passion of the Christ. Ah, which was the number one question I got on my mission all the time. Was it really? Because that's when I was on my mission is when that movie came out. And we'd knock on the doors and they'd be like, we're here to talk about God. And they're like, have you seen The Passion? And I'd hold up the Bible and go, no, but I've read the book. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here we go. Well, speaking of those special effects, Austin, the illusion of the Red Sea parting was achieved by large dump tanks that were flooded. Then the film was shown in reverse. Mm. So when it looks like it's coming at you, it's actually going away, right? Where the sea is splitting, it was actually coming together. It was coming together. The The two frothing walls of water were created by water 
dumped constantly into catch basin areas. Then the foaming, churning water was visually manipulated and used sideways for the walls of water. Love it. It's an incredible scene. Now, the, these dump takes have since been removed, but the catch basins still exist there. They're really? still on the Paramount st- uh, theaters there. Wow. Now, just w- two more things, and we'll be done okay. here. Um, there's a scene in the movie, and I'm not going to call them what they are. I'm just going to call them workers. Yeah. Okay? Uh, we're working in brick pits under a sweltering sun, right? So super hot. However, it was filmed on ice-cold soundstage, and the reason they did that, so the mud would not dry under the studio lights, hmm. and the scantily clad actors were actually freezing during film and had to be covered with oil to simulate sweat. Oh, wow. So an uncomfortable day. Very uncomfortable. And finally, the trumpeting sound as they depart Egypt was also heard in Star Wars Episode Five: Return of the Jedi. You mean six. Six. Sorry, six. Return of the Jedi. (laughs) Which uh, Oh, like when the the Ewoks. Ewoks. It's the same sound? It's the same sound. You just blew my mind. Yeah, same sound. Remember, he's sitting on the tree and he's blowing the trumpet I horn? I knew Star Wars was a spiritual movie. There you go. <laughs> All right. That's little known and unknown facts from the archives about can't go back much further in the archives than 1956. I think that's the farthest we've gone back so far. The Ten Commandments, uh, a remake of Cecil B. DeMille's 1923. Yes, there was, one done in, movie there was one done in 23, as you just mentioned, the 56 version, and there was a 2000s, early 2000s, 2010 version that you should not see at all. But uh, the animation, Prince of Egypt, is great. Correct. So. And and uh, they also redid Ben-Hur, which you shouldn't see. Nope, don't see that. See the original. Yeah. Johnny, uh, happy Easter and happy spring. Happy Easter. Spring is here. Let's go mountain biking. Everyone have fun. Be safe. Uh, be well. We hope to see you out at the movies. He's Johnny Lightfoot. I'm Austin Horton. Until next week, this is The Movie Zone.